Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pick and Pod. This is the Friday, January 19th edition. I am your host, Matt Costantini. I got Pete here with me. I got Nokai here with me. A lot to get to today, guys, so we're just going to get right into it. Huge news on the trade front at recently. Kemba Walker officially up for sale to the highest bidder. This is a move that we've all seen coming for a while now. It's been obvious that the Hornets are really going nowhere and they aren't they haven't been anywhere. They are currently nowhere and they really don't look to have a future with their with their franchise point guard right now. So they're doing right by him and they're trying to do right by their own franchise by trying to get a King's ransom back for him. So what do you guys think? Uh, what do we make of this? I mean, it's not surprising. They've been kind of disappointing this year. You know, they had, when they acquired Dwight Howard, you know, they had Michael Kidd Gilchrist on the roster, Nicholas Batoon, Campbell Walker. A lot of people probably thought they were going to make the playoffs. I honestly thought they were too. But again, as the season has gone on, they've been struggling. They've been playing poorly. Malik Monk's not getting any minutes. It just seems like Michael Jordan doesn't know what he's doing with the Hornets. <laughs> now, the big question is, you know, where are they going to trade Kemba? And does somebody want to trade for Kemba? I don't know. Is he really one of the elite point guards in the NBA? I think he's a good point guard. I don't know if he would be top tier, though, but they're going to be looking to see what they can get for him. I think Kemba's definitely a game changer. I think he changes what a lot of teams can do. I Something I found really interesting is that they want to pair Kemba with one of their bad contracts, like Dwight or Nick Batum. I don't think too highly of Dwight, but I still think Nick Batum can do some damage. This definitely isn't surprising. Um... You know, with that Hornets roster and, like, the up-and-coming rosters in the East, like the Celtics and the Sixers, I think they definitely had to, like, bottom out and sort of restart. See, it's interesting you bring up Nick Batum because we all know that he had that off-season elbow surgery and he was out for, for a little bit to open the season. And it just really doesn't look like he's back to what he should be. I mean... He's this guy that's supposed to be a really good three-point shooter. He's he's basically the prototypical 3-and-D kind of guy. That's really what he's supposed to be for this team, and he just hasn't done that. And I think his failures, along with Dwight just not having anything in the tank anymore, is what it looks like. I mean, we've all kind of thought that he just he's kind of mentally checked out of the game for a few years now. So it, it makes sense why they think Kemba should move. And I'm with you, P. I, I think Kemba is one of the top five, top ten point guards in the league without a doubt. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, he's averaging twenty, po- almost 22 yeah. points a game, and that's above his career average. So I, I kind of want to move into where we think he could go because I know there are some team, there are some playoff teams, maybe not playoff teams, but teams like on the fringe that could make the playoffs that are in need of a game-changing point guard. Because, I mean, you look at the teams that are already in the top, like, the Warriors, the Cavs, mm-hmm. the Celtics, they those teams don't need point guards. Mm-hmm. So if you could pick a destination for him, where do you think he'll end up? Um, I know the Pistons have been a lot of rumors, and uh, I think that's a pretty good spot. I think they want to move on from Reggie Jackson. As they um, should. <laughs> and to pair him with Drummond would be pretty nice. and you know, But it depends on what they have to give up. I saw some rumors where they'd have to give up Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris. Tobias oh, Harris has been their leading scorer. Yeah, no, you can't do I that. mean, I know Kemba brings that trade punch. I, I mean, I, I really like the Wolves because uh, my dad's from Minnesota. So if they could move maybe Teague and give up like a draft pick. maybe You think they'd up. be ready to give up on Teague halfway through his first season there? Yeah, they're playing pretty good right now. I too. mean, I really like Teague, but like I, I think – Kemba really changes that. That's like 
four guys on the Wolves who can drop 20 every night. That's 80 points from your starters. That's a lot of firepower. Teams are going to have trouble stopping that. Well, you know, when I think of Kemba, I think of him. He's from the Bronx. He's a street baller. He's got that those handles, great shooting. I would love to see him. This is a little strange, and it's not going to happen, but I would love to see him on the Bucks with Giannis. I mean, that would be just, interesting. They just got Bledsoe, though, but just imagine. That would be amazing. But realistically, maybe one of the New York teams brings him in. It makes it a homecoming reunion. I don't know if the Knicks would want to trade. Maybe Brooklyn. They they seem to possibly want to move Damari Carroll. Who knows? Uh, I don't think... I, I really don't know what other teams... Would the Cavaliers be willing to trade for Kemba? Is he going to really help them? I think uh, I think they're I, I think they're looking for a little bit more of a bigger fish. Yeah, yeah. Specifically height-wise because they need some help down Definitely. low. Yeah. You know, we were talking about this before the show started in kind of like a joking way, but the Clippers don't really have a point guard right now. Yeah. They lost Pat Bev for the season and they're kind of just running with whoever they got. <laughs> and I don't know what they have as far as trade assets go, but I feel like Kemba there might be in a really interesting spot. I mean, if if Blake Griffin can stay healthy and maybe they move DeAndre Jordan's contract, it could work out. You never know. And they have nice pieces there. If Gallo can stay healthy, they got that dude from Serbia. I don't know what his name is. I don't want to screw up his name. <laughs> they got good pieces. And the Clippers are right now, they're on the cusp of, this, of the 9 and 8 seed. So they could kind of squeak in the playoffs and maybe build something good there. Who knows? Yeah, it just seems to me, though, that Lou Will and uh, Kemba might be a redundancy oh. on that roster. Oh, yeah. True. Just, a, just guys that can go out there and just drop how many they want any night. So that's something to definitely look out for in the coming weeks if the trade deadline is rapidly approaching, and I'm sure that along with Kemba Walker, some more big names will be made available as more teams fall out of the out of the playoff race. But up to some news that got released yesterday. It's almost all-star time, mm-hmm. so we'll just go through the starters real quick because that's all they announced. You had LeBron mm-hmm. James and Steph Curry leading their respective conferences mm-hmm. in votes. They're going to be their captains mm-hmm. for this really interesting new draft system. They're not doing it exactly like a live draft because Adam Silver thought that some guys might show favoritism and there might be some egos hurt. So right now it looks like the good I- it looks like a good idea, but hopefully down the line we'll be able to see these guys have some fun drafting mm-hmm. their teams like we saw the NFL do that one the, a couple of years, and we saw the NHL do it. So, as we mentioned, LeBron James, Steph Curry. You also have Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Bucks. Joel Embiid getting his first nod, mm-hmm. well deserved there. Uh, Kyrie and DeRozan in the filling out the East, and then you have KD, Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, and James Harden rounding out the West. So, I think that they got the starters right. Yeah. I, I have no problems there. I just think there's some interesting things. Like, maybe Przingis got a little bit, not yeah. enough love, and, I mean, Russell Westbrook not starting. I mean, I understand it's James Harden and Steph Curry, mm-hmm. but this guy's the reigning MVP. What yeah, what yeah. do we think, guys? Uh, I mean, the way I look at it is, like, you know, they're the starters, so they're the ones who are going to get, they got the fan votes. I, I still expect, like, Russ and KP to get in automatically, so I, I'm not too upset. I'm, the thing The thing that I love the All-Star all the festivities and all the things. The only thing I would say is I wish they made it 15-man rosters for both. I wish they could get three more people in there because a lot of people do get snubbed. So, you know, we'll see how the reserves play out. I don't think we can, like, judge it just yet until we get the reserves in there. Uh, for me, I think um, the fact that the Spurs don't have a starter and them being third in the West, you know, the Pelicans have two starters and they're, like, on the brink of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I really think LaMarcus Aldridge is still getting some bias because he was so bad last year. 
He was like, he's really good. He's back to his Trailblazers day. I think he should have been the starting power forward. Oh, yeah. Know. You could make a case for that, honestly. I, I, starting starting over either Cousins or Davis? Yeah, definitely one of them. I haven't really looked into which one. I mean, and I I know we got DeMarcus Cousins going yeah. back to the whole trade deadline stuff. Yeah. He was traded on All-Star Game last, last year. year yeah. So who knows, maybe something exciting about that this year. Is he going to Cleveland? <laughs> <Is> he... <laughs> it's a possibility. Okay, <laughs> look. So I didn't want to I didn't want to get too in-depth into trade deadline stuff, but that's I've been ho- I've been holding on to that belief since the season started. Really? I thought I think that there's no way DeMarcus Cousins wants to stay in in New Orleans. I think he feels like he's getting overshadowed by Anthony Davis who him who he himself might be on the move, who knows. But I think that Cleveland has enough pieces to get this going. Could you just imagine a DeMarcus Cousins, LeBron James, Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love? You know, listen, I love Boogie the way he plays, how he is, but he's a hothead. So, I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if he could help them, you know? I don't know if they have a chance. But if they do get him, he changes everything for them because he does give them the big man they desperately need. But would they go for a boogie or would they go for a DeAndre Jordan who could easily patch up their defense? That's a good point because DeAndre is that more defensive guy that they probably need right now. The question for the Cavs is do they want to give up that Nets pick? And I think they should because you're never going to have a better chance to win a championship than when LeBron James is on your team. Mm -hmm. Don't play for the future. Play for this year. And but we're talking about Boogie and uh, DeAndre, you know, I don't know if DeAndre is really going to move the needle that much for the Cavs. I'd rather get Boogie. He's more of a dynamic player. Talking about defense, you know, he'll step it up in the playoffs. If they're in the finals, yeah, he'll step it up. I mean, he's a beast, but again, I are the Cavs going to are the Cavs going to go back to their let's do one on one ISO basketball? And how is Boogie going to feel about that? You know, that's my only thing. If they pass the ball like the Warriors with the Boogie. Oh, it, it could be over for any team, honestly. So, unfortunately, this being a New York podcast, <laughs> we have to get to the local teams. I know, I know, I know. Uh, um, the Knicks, what is there really to say? I mean, they haven't been great lately. There are, I mean, 3-7 and seven in the last 10. Did we really expect anything better from this team right now? Uh, they're so frustrating to watch. You know, I think I think here's what happened. They started the year out really well, and Porzingis was unbelievable. So then everybody thought that, oh, they might make the playoffs. They might be good. So the expectations in the bar were set very high. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. got hurt, and Porzingis kind of slowed down a little, and now it's kind of like, uh, this team, you know, they play really great in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Why can't they play complete games? They... And they just play no defense. They just given up a hundred and hundred some points to a Memphis team with no Marcus Gasol. Come on, God. Yeah, I just hope they see the writing on the wall and become sellers at trade deadline time. I mean, I think you know if Ennis Cantor's had a really good season, but he also has a big contract. If they can move him for something, that'd be really. I think that'd be important. Did for you the say Knicks. that? Did you see that he said he wanted to retire as a Nick? He's crazy. I love like I love Cantor. He <laughs> always like he he gets really deep on his teams. Like he's he was all in for the Thunder. He'll die for his team. I mean, like he, he said, <laughs> "Don't get me wrong. He's the kind of guy I would love to have on my team, but he kind of just needs to go away for a little bit. <laughs> he needs and to be chill. A, be a little less vocal. <laughs> and going across to to Brooklyn, the Nets again, one of the worst teams in the league. A little. I mean. They there's they showed signs early on mm-hmm. and then the injury bug hit them as yeah. it hits every team and it hit them hard. I mean, D'Angelo Russell was out for a long period of time. They lost Jeremy Lin in the very beginning, mm-hmm. and 
positives out of this team. Spencer Dinwiddie's been very good. I know Jared Allen has also been very mm-hmm. good. And now they're getting D'Angelo Russell back tonight for the first time since November. So I'm not by no means of the imagination am I saying that this that this team can make a playoff run. But what do they need to show in this last half of the season that they're going in the right direction? Um, I think they've shown it. I think, you know, it's hard to, you know, get a new roster in the middle of the season. But Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks are both from the Spurs family tree. And I think they've both been pretty good this year. And uh, they've they've gotten guys that I've never heard of and made it work. And, you know, they've only lost a bunch of games to, like, the Celtics and the Raptors by a couple points where Spencer Dinwiddie obviously doesn't get a foul call. I think they'll be fine in the future. I'm pretty confident that they'll turn around. You know, when you looked at old Nets regimes, what they would do is they would go after guys like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett who are way out of their primes, giving up draft picks and draft picks. This new regime has kind of said, no, let's get some young guys who you don't know about. And they're, and they're taking risks on top picks from old drafts. I think I'm really interested to see how D'Angelo Russell and Jaleel Okafor play together. Can Okafor kind of redeem his career? The debacle that he had in Philadelphia, he wasn't getting minutes. He was punching fans. <laughs> like, he was doing all those things. If they can play well together, those could be your two pieces to build around. With role players like Jeremy Lin, Damari Carroll, Spencer Dinwiddie, I like this Brooklyn team, honestly. Are they going to make a playoff push this year? Probably not. Maybe not next year, but they will be possibly contending if Okafor and D'Angelo also can redeem themselves a little bit. Do you think Okafor actually has anything to offer? He's a So if he can just kind of work on his defense, he's a phenomenal low post scorer. There's not a lot of low post scorers in the NBA. uh, Embiid, I would say Embiid probably. LaMarcus Aldridge is a nice low post player. But if you surround them with three-point shooters, just imagine how dangerous this team could be because you're going to have to double him in the post. He could easily kick it out. And that's why it's like interesting. Just imagine like just imagine Hakeem in, in the modern NBA with snipers. It would be over. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he's so old school. I think he'll have a long like career in the NBA, but I just don't know if he'll ever be like that, you know, best player on a team, second best, even third best player on a team that's really good. I think, you know, you kind of have to like he could be a starter, but I don't think he's going to be, you know, the best player. See, for me, I'm usually down on most Duke players coming out of college for personal biases, but I mean, and I don't even think that's saying much because outside of a few guys recently, I mean, Kyrie Irving really broke that trend, mm-hmm. and we're seeing Jason Tatum break that trend now. But historically, Duke players, at least recently, have not been that good. And I was saying this all while Okafor was in college. He had one move in the post, and it was either the spin spin towards the basket, or he could do a nice little fade that worked on college players, but was obviously not going to work in the yeah, pros, because yeah. they know how to defend that. And I, I don't think he's a good enough defender and will never be mm. to kind of have a long enough career, but I hope I'm wrong about that, mm. because he, like you were saying, he is the kind of guy that can really turn a team around, because he's that big presence down low. But... So that was us getting the obligatory New York out of the way. <laughs> so we can get back into fun stuff now. We're going to get into something now that has been obviously blown way out of proportion mm-hmm. and people just kind of need to calm down about it. The Isaiah Thomas Paul Pierce drama that really should never have happened and neither parties wanted to have happened. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, Isaiah Thomas didn't want his tribute video back a few months ago or a few weeks ago, however long it was, and they said, fine, we'll do it when you come back. 
and now it's falling on Paul Pierce night, so obviously IT didn't want that to happen, and he didn't want to be a distraction, and he wanted everything on Pierce. Pierce wants all the attention on himself, obviously, as he should. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Congratulations to him. But it's it's the media and the fans that are causing this storm that is just destroying, that that's really trying to bring Isaiah Thomas's character down. I mean... Yes, Grant. I mean, and even Rajon Rondo. I mean, he was saying, "Why, why even bother honoring him? We don't hang conference championships, which they didn't even do." Mm-hmm. But f- for me personally, and then I'm going to throw it to you guys because this is really all I have to say about this. He played his heart out for you every chance he got. He pl- he was there for three years, and he was never really respected enough by the league or the organization. And then what he did in the playoffs last year, playing through the tragic death of his sister, and then really balling out, too. Mm-hmm. I think that he deserved to be honored, and it's just a shame how all of this is playing out. I mean, it's kind of, it's stupid. Like, just, you're right, he did play his heart out, and he was good. And honestly, he kind of turned them around a little bit. But I just feel like, personally, I don't think we should give every single player a tribute video. Like, if IT was on the team for like five or six years, then yes. But he's only there for like three. But, you know, still, what he did for the organization, I think it is, it's deserved. And they should have, they should have found a way to kind of not put it on Paul Pierce's day. That's just my opinion. I kind of disagree with the tribute video because the fans in Boston loved him so much. I mean, like when they eventually show that tribute video, and they will, the fans are going to go nuts. He's going to get a standing ovation. Everyone's going to be standing in that uh, arena. And um, the thing about Rajon Rondo is, like, I know they don't hang conference champions, but, like, IT I, I put it all out there, man. He was he tried his best. He Like, he said if he knew he was going to get traded, he wasn't going to go out there in conference finals. He thought they were building towards something. He was hurt. I mean, so, yeah. And that, that could have shortened his career, honestly, too. Mm-hmm. But Manny in the back brought up a really, really good point. They didn't honor Rondo, who honestly had a much, much better career than Isaiah Thomas did in a Celtics uniform. And that begs the question, is this all just because they feel really bad about how the the trade went down? Uh, the IT trade? Yeah. Uh, probably. I mean... I mean, because that, that was that a just... blind side to him. Yeah, but you know, I... You know, I remember thinking, you know, I thought like, okay, so I know that Kyrie wants to go on the T-Wolves or the Spurs or the Knicks or the Heat. But I kind of had a a sneaking suspicion that maybe Boston would get him. And they had to trade Isaiah because they didn't have anything else to trade. And you don't want to give up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who played unbelievably for you guys. So, I mean, I guess it kind of is like, I'm sorry we had to trade you, but we didn't believe in you. I know they didn't play a Rajon Rondo tribute video, but we know in the past he's had like a weird interactions with teammates. He hasn't been always the be- easiest to coach. I know he he had a he had a really good career, but like yeah. in Celtics uniform, like he helped them win that last title. But like he, you know, Rondo was a hothead. Uh, let's be honest. He's and remember when he quit on the Mavericks. That's not yeah. nothing to do with the Celtics, but you can't really. I mean, he did a lot for the organization, but. He's crazy. <laughs> Rondo's given up on a few teams. And oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, he Thanks. gave. Uh, you mentioned he gave up on the Mavs. He gave up on the Kings. He gave up on the Bulls. So maybe we'll take his opinion with a grain of salt. But <laughs> yeah. as a, as a great Celtic, he he deserves his say. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying, it's a shame how all this is playing out because not nobody wanted this, and it's just really unfortunate. And then 
the, the last thing we're going to talk about today is just the most absurd thing I've ever heard about <laughs> in my entire life. And I think we can kind of turn it into a bigger picture kind of deal, too, because apparently the NBA has an image problem now. The Rockets and the Clippers here. Okay. So we have a couple members of the of the Rockets going in the front door trying to <laughs> trying to beat down on Austin Rivers and Blake Griffin. And we have uh, Chris Paul leading a group of people through the back door in, in kind of like a James Bond style move. And all just to get to Austin Rivers and Blake Griffin. I mean, the the aftermath of that is Trevor Ariza and Gerald Green both got to the end suspensions and everyone else was fine. And I think everybody else realized how ridiculous everything happened was. But that's kind of set off a new a new wave of kind of physical confrontations recently. I mean, we saw Ben Simmons motion to Kyle Lowry that they were going to go meet in the hallway. And who knows what was going to happen there. I, apparently Simmons didn't even show up, but Lowry did. Who knows? And then you have Aaron Aflalo throwing haymakers in the middle of the court and... And just even more things, like even the game of the season, the fight between the Wizards and the Warriors. Does the NBA is the NBA going back to the mid nineties, late eighties when there was a lot of physical play and a lot of image problems? Uh, I kind of want to do a study, like when NBA fights happen, because I feel like this is kind of like when they would happen, because it's a long season, and you know. Teams are on the road during the holidays. Maybe things are getting a little tense. Maybe they wish they could go home. And, you know, they don't want to really be there. And then, you know, someone shoves you on the court and you're just done. So that that's my feeling. It might just be, like, where we are in the, um, like, season. Maybe this happens at the other time and then it kind of blows over. Like, all-star break happens. People get, you know, what they want. So that's my feeling on it. I, I, I don't think they can go back to it. I mean, especially what happened with the Malice at the Palace. I, I don't think the NBA wants that kind of 90s-style throw bows in the paint and stuff. I wish it was back to that style, but I think if if they can kind of... If they let them, like, fight in the playoffs, that would be amazing because it would increase the intensity of the sport. I think I think this is just kind of, like, players just getting annoyed with each other because, I mean, I, especially from, like, the Kyle Lowry-Ben Simmons thing, I bet Joel Embiid was saying things to Kyle Lowry the whole game because the process likes to talk a lot. <laughs> So I mean, I mean, I wish it went back to the '90s. Do I realistically expect it? No, but hey, let's see. Hopefully, this happens in the playoffs. And then just kind of wrap up. We're running out of time here. Something to look forward to this next coming week. Uh, I mean, the All Star Game reserves. There's going to be a lot of talk about people who get snubbed. I mean, is Damian Lillard finally going to make it? I hope uh, so. He yeah. deserves it. Are John Wall and- was a beast. Are John Wall and Bradley Beal both going to make it, even though the the Wizards have kind of been underperforming? So, you know, a lot of questions about who's going to make the All-Star game. This is kind of my favorite time of the year. It's All-Star break, but also I love to see what happens at the trade deadline. Like, who gets traded? How does it impact the team? So I'm really looking forward to seeing what teams and how they how how they get better if they do get better. Um, Yeah, and I think I'm just going to take the easy way out and say what's going to go on with the Cavs. Maybe... Maybe these agendas that Ty Lue is talking about kind of kind of dissipating and guys realizing, hey, we need to get our stuff together here if we want to even have a chance to compete. Because right now, there's a lot of good teams in the East that they need to get through to even have a chance in the finals. Because we've seen recently, they have not played well against the top teams. They got blown out against the Raptors, got blown out against the Celtics, and then a few days later, they got blown out by the Warriors. So... 
this team really, really needs to step it up. And I don't know who – I mean, we all know Coach LeBron's going to start coming out soon. We kind of saw it in, a, in the past couple of games, him yelling at his guys to get it together. But it's it's tough now because – I forget who mentioned it, but you're putting a new team together in the middle mm-hmm. of the season, adding a, a playmaker like Isaiah Thomas. So it's going to take him a while to get acclimated to how they're playing. He, start, he looks better. He looks healthier right now. Who mm-hmm. knows if he can keep that up. But – like I said, this team needs to make a drastic move before the deadline to to kind of catapult themselves back up there. But I think that's all we have for this week, guys. Um, for Christian Nokai, Pete, we got Jackson Heil in the back doing a great job as always. I was your host, Matt Costantini. Thanks for listening.